An art installation comprising two giant rubber ducks created by a Dutch artist have been a boon for tourism in Kaohsiung. Sunday was the last day that the ducks were on display in the city, and many tourists came early in the morning to catch a last glimpse of them. The charming exhibit has boosted the occupancy rate of Kaohsiung's hotels and created many business opportunities for the southern port city. I came down from Taichung. I freed up some time and seized the chance to come down. Now that the Lunar New Year is over, there are fewer people here. I think the last time it was in Jilong. That was about 10 years ago. Also, there are two of them this time, so I thought I should go check it out. We have the yellow ducks in Kaohsiung this year, and the hotel occupancy rate in the city stayed very high from the beginning of the winter vacation to the Lunar New Year, and even into the Lantern Festival. For example, the occupancy rate this week is about 90%. Compared with the same period last year, that's an increase of more than 10%. We estimate it generated 14 billion NT in tourism revenue for the city. Other than the surge in visitors and earnings, we hope the installation has left people with a different impression of Kaohsiung's transformation and progress. I also hope that the Ducks will make a return to Kaohsiung in another 10 years. On the installation's last day, the Kaohsiung city government held a farewell party to send off the visiting Ducks, which departed from Love River Bay at 5 p.m. Visitors watched the ducks float away, waving goodbye from the harbor's shores. A sign of post-pandemic recovery is the sight of foreign visitors on the streets. But where do the tourists come from? Japan, the country with the highest number of visitors to Taiwan before the pandemic, has fallen to the number two spot. According to the Tourism Administration, the places from which the highest number of tourists came last year are Hong Kong and Macau. The reason, according to an industry observer, is the depreciation of the Japanese yen. A long line has formed in Taipei's Ximending early in the morning on a weekend. These people, it turns out, are foreign tourists waiting to get their pictures taken on Taipei's rainbow crosswalk. Because it is cool to Thailand, and it is, I have to say, it's not expensive. Taiwan's great variety of food, as well as its popular tourist destinations like Jiaofen Old Street and National Palace Museum, have caught the attention of foreigners. According to the Tourism Administration, last year, Hong Kong and Macau ranked first with over 1.19 million people visiting Taiwan from the two territories. Japan ranked second with 928,000 visitors, and South Korea came in third at 744,000 visitors. Meanwhile, more than 400,000 visitors each from Malaysia and Singapore came to Taiwan for sightseeing. We go shopping. There are lots of good gifts. We were just here in August. We've come two or three times, once every year. The latest figures are quite different from those of 2019. Before the pandemic, Japanese tourists ranked the highest at 2.16 million. Last year, however, there were just 928,000 visitors from Japan. Experts say the depreciation of the yen had a lot to do with the drop. 
The depreciation of the yen has led to higher costs for Japanese when they go abroad. Also, Hong Kong is closer to Taiwan. Another thing is, many Hong Kong tourists had come to Taiwan to study in the past, so they already have a close connection with Taiwan. Another reason for the rise of tourists from Hong Kong, Macau and Southeast Asia is government policy. Until the end of July this year, travelers from the Philippines, Thailand and Brunei can visit Taiwan without a visa. Moreover, up until the end of June 2025, foreign passport holders who travel independently can enter a lottery to obtain 5,000 NT worth of vouchers if they register within seven days before arrival. Tour groups made up of four or more people can also apply for 5,000 to 50,000 NT worth of vouchers. All this is so that the government can reach the goal of 12 million international tourists coming to Taiwan in 2024. In response to International Mother Language Day, the Council of Indigenous Peoples held the Indigenous Language Development Conference on Sunday at National Taidong University. Some 400 people, including tribal leaders and promoters of indigenous languages, took part and shared the fruitful results of efforts to revitalize tribal languages. Today, we are at National Taidong University holding the fifth annual Indigenous Language Development Conference. Our focus today is on the promotion of Indigenous languages by the communities that speak them. In addition to learning our languages at home and in school, we also need to speak in our own languages, especially when in our communities. To commend promoters of indigenous cultures, the CIP specially awarded 20 individuals with the Lifetime Contribution Award, Language Heritage Award, Language Promotion Award, and other special awards. The council hopes that indigenous languages can take root in Taiwan and thrive sustainably. A German immigrant and her husband are running a printmaking studio in Taichung. Catalina Eckert and Tong Yu Hao met as art students in Germany. The printmakers now run a studio where they exhibit their work and offer a variety of art classes for the locals. They're also involved in community design projects, bringing beauty to the streets of Yunling. FTV took a tour of their studio to learn about the creative process. Each print hanging here has a story behind it. They are based on stories collected by Katarina Eckert and her husband during their art studies in Germany. But the works are brand new paper intaglio prints. For example, this one comes from something one grandpa told me. When he was a child, they had nothing. And just once a week, his mother would make a cake because her friends would come over to make music. He's peeking through the keyhole to see if there's any cake left. The couple based the series of works on 12 themes. For three weeks, they exhibited the prints made using a paper intaglio technique not found in Germany in the city of Darmstadt. A local Darmstadt gallery owner came specially to see our work at the opening of the exhibition because he hadn't heard of the paper intaglio technique and was curious about it. The novel Taiwanese printmaking technique opened a new avenue for exchange with Germany. It was an unforgettable artistic exchange for the young couple. 
The pair are both printmakers and are involved in community design projects. These Uka Lu Bamboo Shoots installations in Donan Township, Yunling, is one of their works. We were at my home and I was firing it with a blowtorch. When you spray a kind of acid on it, it gradually forms this blue-green color. It's all deliberate, all in the plan. Eckert and Tung were peers in a postgraduate class. They moved to his hometown, Taichung, after graduation to set up this printmaking workshop. They want to make their prints relevant to daily life and offer drawing classes and give it a try pottery classes. You can do like this. Push, 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 push. <laughs> Eckert says that creating art is healing, but also addictive. She will keep on finding new avenues for collaboration, to gain visibility for her work, and offering experience classes for the community. Art can feel like a rarefied world, but she wants to fling open the door. The 2024 Shilin Residence Tulip Festival has kicked off. Nearly 30 varieties and 40,000 tulips from the Netherlands and Japan were imported to Taiwan for the event. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang shows us the six different exhibition areas. The 2024 Tulip Festival is underway, displaying 140,000 tulips from Japan and the Netherlands. Visitors line up to snap photos with the beautiful tulips. One couple brought their dogs and a chair to pose against the tulip backdrop. We treat our dogs as a treasure, so we bring them out wherever we go. We come to the Shilin Residence every year. The flowers this year are lovely. Other visitors came from Kaohsiung to catch a glimpse of the tulips. We came here from Kaohsiung. The exhibition is wonderful. We are here for a round-the-island road trip. Our tour guide told us it is currently the tulip season, so we came here. The flowers are about 80% bloomed. It felt very refreshing and comfortable. The 2024 Shiling Residence Tulip Festival is back in action with a total of six exhibition areas. One of the exhibits is themed around Toonami City in Japan, which is famous for its tulips. Aside from the flowers, organizers also installed a sozu, a type of water fountain used in Japanese gardens. I think this is very special. We like the whole design of bamboo. Everything is wonderful. The city government put a lot of effort into planning to allow everyone to enjoy nature. During the festival, there will also be a series of performances and activities. The festival will be on until March 3rd. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Sen Shenhan in Taipei. Today we take you to meet Erturu Bastug, a Turkish player who plays for a soccer club in Taipei called the FC Vikings. Bastug played soccer in Turkey, but due to a knee injury, he took a few years off to travel around Asia. He came to Taiwan in 2020, fell in love with the country and started playing for the FC Vikings. The team recently won first place in Division II and moved up to the Premier League. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the story. <laughs> 
He warms up with his coach, discussing different tactics. This is Ertu Bastug from Turkey. He's a player for FC Vikings. The team recently placed first in Division Two and moved up to the Premier League. Started to play football when I was kids, seven or eight years old, and then Turkey. We have a good academy in Basakşehir in Istanbul, in a good team. Uh, why I come to Taiwan? The first is the beautiful country and then beautiful people. I like the Taiwanese food. And then I have a right now is good team, the Vikings. And then I'm really excited to play with them. And then last, last season, we got the champions for Vikings. And then I'm super happy. Bastuk grew up in Turkey, where he started football training at a young age. Due to a knee injury when he was 19, he took a break and traveled around the world. He moved to Taiwan in 2020 after visiting over 20 countries. He decided to stay in Taiwan and continue his dream of playing football. I, I got the injury when I was 19. My knee is broke. And then after I stopped one or two years in the football. And then after when I travel Asia and then football is the, my dream. And then I want to try it again, again, again. Right now I like the, my KG or everything is good, like football player. And then this year I will show them my best for Vikings. More than 28 or 30 or something around Asia, Central Asia, the Balkans, Europe. The Middle East, I travel around there. And then after I come to Taiwan, I meet Vikings and then I start football again. Johnny Nielsen from Denmark and his wife Hope Tsai founded FC Vikings in 2010 to make football more accessible. Over the 13 years, they have provided free football training for elementary school students up to adults. Last year, the team invited Oliver Harley to serve as a head coach. Harley is from Jamaica and has lived in Taiwan for 20 years coaching football. Under his leadership, the team won first place in Division Two. My football philosophy, um, well, football has been my life from a child. So I don't really separate football from life. And my coach has always told me that football is life and everything that happens on a football field happens in your life. So I try to let my players know that um, all the principles and the character that they need in life should be demonstrated on a football field and vice versa. So they need to be honest people, upstanding people, help others, you know, um, which is part of football as well. You work as a team. The team's goal is to stay in the Premier League and to one day represent Taiwan in the AFC tournament. Exciting for us to, to move up to the Premier League after only one year in the, the second division. This is something we've been working for the last 13 years. So when we started uh, 13 years ago, many of the kids that started with me at that time, they're now going to play Premier League. So it's, it's a big, big thing for us. Uh, the goal is for us to stay in Premier League this season and, and hopefully we can do good. Um, and, you know, just keep on staying there and then maybe one day we can represent Taiwan in the AFC tournament. Kind of been my goal since um, I started working with football here is to get to the top league and carry a team up. We made a team out of, you know, players from other teams, some that were still the Vikings, young boys, older players, a mishmash of Vikings and put them together and we won the league. So, yeah, very happy about that. Very happy uh, with, the, with the players for the club. 
Another goal is to help football grow to an even more professional level in Taiwan by working with the community and engaging in cultural exchanges. As 13 years, what I see is just football is growing slowly but steady, uh, and and us being part of that is, is is something I'm very proud of. Something I tell people, not in Taiwan but at home about. Uh, so that's also why we have strong connection with Denmark, for example, and also the other countries uh, where my coaches have been from. Very lucky we got the Taipei Stadium. As our home pitch uh, right next to Taipei Arena, uh, where we want to do like more, like I talked about before, our football culture, where I'm from, the coaching staff, where we're going to invite different vendors to come and sell food, to work more together. Uh, the youth departments have to be better. Uh, the sponsorship have to be better as well. So, uh, so this, this is this is what it takes to have more interest for football in Taiwan, uh, because the more we can put uh, Taiwanese football on focus in the world, I think the better it is for Taiwan. In general. The team will begin their season in April. After 13 years of hard work, the FC Vikings hope to continue to train more football players, helping them to shine in Taiwan and on the international stage. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Chen Senhan in Taipei. A small plant factory in New Taipei is growing lettuces with generative AI. The factory uses hydroponics to grow a wide variety of different lettuces. They are sold in stores and restaurants, and consumers can buy their own system to grow produce at home. FTV took a tour of the factory. Workers wrapped up in coveralls and mob caps carefully colonize this tray with seedlings. Each step is important to making sure they grow successfully. This is called a batavia lettuce. It has red pigment. There's quite a high amount of anthocyanin in this, so it needs more red light in its lighting. Factory director Lin Xinghong explains that in hydroponics, the growth of plants depends on the strength and color of the light sources, as well as the arrangement and distance of the lamps. It's difficult to adequately mimic natural environments. We find that the disturbance of a fan gives them just a bit more nice crispness. In the first step, when we check it before packaging it, we're looking at its appearance. For example, has it squeezed the top of the container? Does it have any bad parts? And if so, we cut them off. These insights are the results of years of work by the development team. This smart plant factory in New Taipei's Banqiao uses automated technology to produce organic hydroponic plants. They are sold in department stores and convenience stores, as well as high-end restaurants. And you can even buy a smart field to take home and grow on your own. People have made lots of breakthroughs now, especially at NVIDIA, in terms of chip settings. They're very good now. Also, we have generative AI. Previously, we had it fully automated, so if our nutrient feed lacked something, when it was detected, it would be automatically added. Or if it got too hot, the cold air would automatically be turned on. The farm looks like a series of small aquarium tanks, but they can grow many different types of lettuce. Special modes apply to different varieties of the plant. You can even try the system at home. Perhaps before long, you won't even need to press a button to control it. But you'll just run the farm on voice control. With AI, anything seems possible. The mercury dropped sharply Sunday morning with New Taipei Shimen recording the island's lowest temperature at 9.9 degrees. The cold air mass turned out to be stronger than forecast and was upgraded to a strong continental cold air mass. 
The Central Weather Administration says temperatures will continue to slide with the coldest period occurring early Monday morning when the temperatures in northern Taiwan could drop to 10 degrees. Central and southern Taiwan could see lows of 13 or 14 degrees. Wednesday and Thursday will get a reprieve of warmer weather before another wave of cold air mass arrives on Friday. Northern and northeastern regions will turn cold once again with an increase of moisture.